Welcome along to episode 18 of the third season of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald. With Kieran Kilduff and Neil Frugia coming in the studio very shortly. We're on Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. iTunes doesn't exist anymore, John. iTunes is gone. iTunes is now, it's now Apple Podcasts. We're on Podcast so, Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, I Apple think it's Podcasts. Gone, uh, Apple Podcasts. At LOI Weekly on Twitter in association with Aerosports. We haven't, we haven't actually looked for reviews in no, a, we a, haven't. a couple of months. Um, I was reading the Business Post, a big feature on podcasts. Are they a fad or are they the new thing on Sunday? Didn't really come to a clear answer towards Well, you. hopefully, hopefully it came to a better one. We can't. Uh, don't, don't go and read the article. No. But, uh, so do, do we say to leave us a review? I mean, do we know if you can leave a review? If you can leave a review. On, on Apple can you leave a review on any of the other ones? Don't know, to be honest. I'll just leave one anyway. Just leave yeah. if anyone's out there. I just maybe just don't. It's fine. Like it's no real pressure. I don't think. I don't think you should be laying it on thick on people. Like they just listen. You know, review would be good, but absolutely. Give um, the time. Uh, give it. The, like. Give us the time. Uh, you're fresh from um, fresh or otherwise from last night's game against Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Yeah. yeah. How, how did that go? Uh, how did that go? Did you not watch it? Um, well, how did the game go? I watched the game. Yeah, obviously, how was what was it like? I wasn't at the game. Um, what was it like in? I the was Arena flat. Like, yeah. It was flat. Like you know, I mean, what can you say? It was pretty grim, to be honest. Um, but then we don't necessarily have a great track record as a country of like taking these games and turning them into a, a festival of football. Although we did beat Gibraltar seven 0 a couple of years ago with O'Neill. Although I remember all the goals were pretty clustered after half time in that game it was like a mad 15 minutes where I think Ireland scored 4 or 5 goals but um, I mean look Denmark was uh, Denmark was qu- quite good and I, I do think like uh, you know come September the 4th like the day before the Switzerland match or whatever people will forget anything that happened in fact in a week they might forget really much details I, I suppose it it, it 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 goes to show that like no matter how it would appear that things have improved that like it, it's not some kind of any kind of revolution here, like you know, and like I, I like some of those games can be difficult. You probably <sighs> Gibraltar were camped in, and probably some of the players I think as well. They knew like Gibraltar weren't getting out of their own half, so like, there was no danger, you know, of of and and uh, there was a sort of a general uh, holiday mode aspect to some of it, which was a bit disappointing because I thought there might be a bit more. Um, energy about it, you know. But I know, like, obviously, we've been involved and we were, we were having a bit of a chat and news talk on Saturday, and you're obviously uh, expecting um, all of these things to change dramatically when when Stephen Kenny takes over. Uh, and, you know, well, I, I, my point would I think be. his ethos will. He has time, though. McCarthy doesn't. Well, that's the thing, but it, it doesn't necessarily have time initially. Mm. Um, and, and and it's funny, you know, one of the things that came up last night <clears throat> in the in the press conference, someone asked about Toulon in the twenty ones and I'd say he loved being asked about that. It, well not especially but, but he said he saw the Bahrain game. did you see the Bahrain no. game? She just goes to show, I mean, he was making the point, well there you go. There's a team that, that sort of sat in a bit too and the team that Ireland were supposed to trash was the team they only beat one nil. You know, and actually, Absolutely. you know, Ireland played better against Georgia than it did against Gibraltar. I mean, Kenny's team played well against the better sides or, you know, the, and when it came to the lowest ranked team in the group, the team that, that were pumped by, I think, by Mexico, it was 1-0 and it was a scrap and it wasn't great to watch. And I mean, it just goes to show that can happen as well, you know. So you have to rein in rein in the belief that things can change dramatically. I, I don't know if if that's really feasible within the scope of international football. We'll talk to Neil about it, um, but um, the under-21s against Brazil is actually a great kind of yeah. showcase ex- you know, experience just to see where they're at. Wednesday afternoon, so yeah, I don't know when people will be listening to this. Hopefully it's not over by the time that they do. It's possible, but um, mm. it, it is a chance to showcase. It's an older Brazil team, um, so... 
Um, you know, the odds would be stacked against Ireland to a degree, but um, then again, like some other teams have used this tournament in a sort of an experimental way as well too. You know, so um, you know, so some some big nations actually send second string teams, um, but Ireland have obviously been very very committed to this tournament, and they're, you know they're making a good stab of it, and you hope. You hope, like after maybe a deflating enough Monday night game, that that it gives people a positive sense of of what's going on. I mean, it is funny when you think about it, like that when McCarthy came in and the whole succession plan is you definitely debate the rights and wrongs of the succession plan and and how it was constructed. Um, but everyone was had this fear. But why, what happens if Ireland get to the quarterfinals or the semi-finals of the Euros here? It's like. I mean, there's, there's an option, you know, and people want Mick to stay. It's like, well, hang on, you have to do that first, you know? It's almost like a very Irish thing to think, mm. what could possibly... Well, I mean, when we get to the quarterfinals of the Euros, how are we going to react? I think there's an element of a reality check about um, some of the, the senior team displays to think, hang on. Like, ultimately, management was changed because there was problems, and those problems just can't be fixed. And, and to think that next summer we're just going to be breezing into the latter stages of the Euros, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, th- we had three games at the weekend. Um, I suppose the, by far the biggest game really was Shamrock Rovers and Derry. A game that I was you were at. there. I wasn't there, so you can yeah. you can tell me. Quite interesting, really. That um, you know, Derry have gone to Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers, as you pointed out yourself in tweets, and come from two 0 down to eke out a two all draw. Um, Stephen Bradley said the Rovers should have been four or five up. He, he does have a tendency to exaggerate Rovers' dominance because Derry were in the game. Uh, they were in the game at all points apart from when they were 2-0 down, which he thought the game was over. But they scored fairly quickly and um, exploited real problems Rovers had on the wing where they just like did acres of space to put in cro- the cross. For two, the crosses for two crosses for the yeah. goals. That's the thing that struck me just yeah. from watching it. The Rovers have been pretty solid this year. Um, they conceded three goals at home going into the game. Yeah, just on like two, just two routine balls into the box. You know, it wasn't mm. uh, it wasn't sort of a, you know they were sluiced open in a real elaborate manner. But um, yeah, look, it, it is funny that it's exactly what happened in the Dundalk game. And you know, you know, like the dog won eleven out of twelve, and that's the one exception. And you, at the time, you almost felt that was a bit of a, f- a freak. You know, they were two up, and then they obviously just switched off. It just seems like Rovers did exactly the same thing. But even con- even by letting the by by tunnel up, but then conceding very quickly afterwards to make it two one. Like there's even parallels with that. You know, the strange um, thing was, well, they took off <laughs> Brandon Kavanagh, who I actually thought was playing very well. Maybe they thought he wasn't doing his defence work. They brought on Sean Kavanagh at halftime, so they had Sean Kavanagh and Trevor Clark on the pitch, but they were still. Open as yeah. hell on the left. See, in, in isolation, like that'll happen. Like you can't lose a plot over a game. Like mm. there will be times across the season where a team like drops points where it shouldn't. It's just because the the standard that's been set by Dundalk at the moment with their run is pretty high. It feels like every drop points is a is a calamity as opposed to it being something that just naturally happens in in the run of things. Um, I mean, there's no there's no let off for you, John. Now, I mean. Uh, Rovers have to produce in the there's next no, couple of there's games. There's no let. I mean, you're getting every time Rovers drop points now. The dog Twitterati are just rounding on you. You know, yeah. the whole declaring Rovers champions in April thing. I mean, thought I it was feel, over. I, yeah. I feel bad now. It's June and like you've got to, you've got to hear a lot of this now. I, I, it I mean, could I, be right. It could you, be over soon. You, you, I mean, you have rightly pointed out there's a long way to go, as people have said. Well, there was a longer way to go in April. Yeah. And, but it is true. Like, I think I, well, Rovers will strengthen as well because they'll need to. Listen, I mean, for all the like how quickly things can change. Like if Rovers win their next two games, 
Bowes away than Dock at home. They're top with the same amount of games played. So that that's a that's a big incentive. But the flip side of it, I do think we'll, we'll be talking about it closer to the time. Like Rovers have got into a situation that is actually the exact reverse of where Dundalk were the last time that they played Rovers, where they don't necessarily need to beat them, but the best chance of weakening your opponent is to take points off them. So they sort of do. Like they sort of do need to beat Dundalk at home. It wouldn't be a disaster if they if they if they drew with them. But Particularly if they drop points again against Bows this week, like there is that little bit of pressure. They have them. to beat Bows. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they have to beat Bows. I think they have to beat Bows for, well, for, for psychological um, reasons. Yeah, they probably like, need to beat Bows. They need to. I think that in terms of their season, this is a game where it could be a turning point. They don't beat Bows. I mean, there's, there's one thing having a hoodoo, but like keep your players in the pitch and beat an inferior team. Um, Bows are missing Green, potentially their entire I, back four. I saw that, yeah. Um, partly because of Toulon, but Aaron Green struggles in front of goal. It's so psychological at this stage. Like he was true for a chance. I think that was shown in the highlights where he just. Dally, 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 missed. He's playing really well in general play, but he's he seems to yeah. have the, the yips. Just getting on to another striker, Mikey Drennan hasn't scored in eight league appearances. Um, missed a good chance for uh, Pats, who drew one all against his former club, Sligo. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, just going to have to highlight to this game. I mean, it was actually a great response from Pats when they went one behind. Mm. I, I, when I saw Kevin Toner scored, I assumed it was a corner, but it was like an old school charge from the tip off, you know, and they, and they scored straight away. But yeah, no, Drennan's dried up. Like, Pats have, have played well at times when I've seen them recently, but they just can't. They're fifth they, at the moment. They just don't, they don't put two or three back to back together, you know. They, they always seem to be sort of one step forward and, and maybe just one back, you know. They're not, they're not really. Uh, pressing ahead, and I mean Derry have been more impressive. Um, I thought Derry were good. No, I have to say, I, I think um, Derry were very. But good then again, like you know, it's, it's yeah, it's it's it, it's pretty congested. It can change there. Sligo have actually become a bit more consistent as well. When you thought they might have been, uh, you know, towards the bottom three, they've actually just they're starting to pick up quite a lot of points on a consistent basis. Sligo, and then yeah, Finn Harps nailed them dog three Saturday as well. Yeah. Milestone uh, for Brian Gartland. The after having dropped points up there earlier in the season, they weren't going to do it again. Mm. You know, and they, they 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 killed the game off pretty early. It, it seemed it seemed routine. It, you know, um, Brian Gartland, his four hundred and twenty fifth appearance of his career and his thirty fifth goal. Incredible yeah. going for a centre back. It's good stats. Yeah, there are strikers that wouldn't be doing much. And, better and their big that. no, and their big break starts now. Because um, obviously they have, no game, they have no game this week off to Spain and. I think yeah, I saw Vinnie Part saying that basically their summer break is like a long weekend. That's all they're they're really getting. So um, as it should be, as it should be. But I mean, like I just have the European draws are next Tuesday, so next week we'll be able to react to the European draws. Like I just still have that slight fear. I mean, the, the Champions League team is the main team. I just I still have this niggling fear that I don't know how many testing games are they getting in terms of building that pitch up to Europe, you know. Um, they could get Linfield uh, in the draw. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. points out to me by someone that's done that would be interesting. Like, that'd be, yeah, that'd that be could, a very that good... be interesting. Well, it'd be interesting. It'd be a very good draw. It'd be a great draw. Somebody else turns up to get the Polish champions who are unseated, you know, because Legia didn't win the league this year. So, mm. I mean, I think there's Frank Farris, like there's, so there's some bogey teams in the, in the unseated side of things. So being seeded doesn't guarantee anything, but like, I just... There's just certain games where, and, I, and maybe this will equate to, to, to Rovers to a degree, although they're struggling a bit, that like, the Docker now starting to win some of the games easy, but last year like they went to Larnaca and they were like effectively pressed and taken on by a team that was actually able to keep the ball better than them, essentially. And 
I just you just they probably need to like get the preparations and everything right to get up the pitch because I'm not sure that the games are getting week on week are going to prepare them for Europe. It's good that they play Rovers after the break. It's pretty good for Rovers just mm. to you know a really high quality game to bring them towards Europe because listen for perception everything like things are in Irish football are very perilous at the moment for a variety of reasons. Our clubs doing well in Europe would be brilliant. You know it would be really this would be just a year to, for a club to do well in Europe to even just further make the case for you know. This is a league worth being to the centre of everything going forward, and you know, just like I just be, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how optimistic I'm feeling right now, but we'll see what happens. It's now time to welcome uh, a guest who actually created history in Europe in the League of Ireland, and another guest who I think will have some good days in Europe as well. Uh, we firstly introduce Kieran Kilduff and then Neil Fruja. How are you getting on, lads? Thanks, lads. Happy to be here. Yeah, we, we were just talking there, uh, Kieran, about like just before we introduced you about the European time of year, which is kicking off now. I suppose, like, you, you've, is that the one thing you, you might miss, you know, the European involvement that time of year in terms of uh, there must be a buzz amongst players at this time. You know that it, it's coming, you know? Listen, they're the best memories of my career. Um, they're the nights you want to be involved in. They're, they live up to all expectation. You know, if you can win a European tie, it matters so much more than any other, say, domestic tie. It's just... Uh, an amazing opportunity to play in, in some great stadiums across Europe, and um, I was lucky enough to be part of two two European group stage runs. Like it's like a quiz question yourself and Ronan Finn, and yeah. but Gannon was around as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and Stevie O'Donnell as Stevie, well. Stevie, of course, yeah. yeah. So um, no, we were lucky enough to be part of a, to, to be part of a few of them, and um, no, they were all great. And um, as I said, I always get asked about it because you know they were probably the highlights of my career. So. Um, yeah, listen, I'll miss them now this time around. I'm trying to plot away for Shells to win the FAI Cup to get in for next year. It's my mm. only route in this year. But uh, <laughs> no, look, as I said, that's uh, that's where you want to be playing and uh, it's an exciting time for, for the clubs involved. If someone says to you now, I know it's a predictable, what's your European memory? If I said you just have to nail it to one, it's like one moment in time. Uh, Which one is it? I would go for AZ Alkmaar because it, yeah. was, it was my first European goal and it was obviously the first European point that an Irish club I've picked up. So um, that was a great one. Obviously, I... You know, my 28th birthday, the two weeks later, I scored the winner against Tel Aviv. But I think the first time is always the best. And mm. uh, I just remember that moment feeling. It was a particularly sweet moment. First mm. time's always the best. That's what they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were pulling at your man's jersey as well, the little lad. The, the yeah, he was only a small six foot six fella. <laughs> and, uh, he was giving out after <laughs> He was, yeah. I know, look, it was just, it was a great moment. And Stevie had got sent off. Steve O'Donnell got sent off a bit earlier. So we were, it was stacked against us that night as well. And mm. we were down to 10 men and it was the 89th minute. So um, you couldn't have really scripted it better. In front so. of the way end as well. Yeah, no, listen, I had, um, it was actually funny after I scored, when we're celebrating, Robbie Benson grabs me by the head and he's like, visualisation, because I'd said to him previously in the game, I was like, I'm going to come on, I'm going to score on that end, the front of the crowd there. So little did I know I was going to do it. I should have done that a lot more in my career. So Benson was screaming about visualisation That's too. all he shouted at me. He literally grabs my head <laughs> and he shouts really from a, from an inch away, visualisation. He's a weirdo, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't that's know. A Neil, Neil that's a, can attest that's that. a very high That's a very high-brow UCD-style <laughs> celebration. Yeah, yeah. Fruja, we did 600 leaving yeah. points, whatever. It's turned, that's, that's how you respond he to a goal. He was undertaking wind resistance just before <laughs> it to make sure <laughs> we got in there. Simpsons reference thrown in there as well. <laughs> Neil Fruja, he is a weirdo, isn't he, Benson? Actually, don't really know him all that well because... Big fan of you yes yeah i thought he, i thought you were i thought he was your mentor or something no 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 yeah i when i came into ucd he left so i didn't really get to play with him yeah yeah the f- first ucd game or don't know ucd games that last season you were playing against go united and he was speaking very well of you i i thought i thought he was actually more familiar with i think it might be some of the older players you know yeah so. i was also injured for a good part of that season 
Um, yeah, it was ruled out with collarbone injury, but um, yeah, 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 it was um. Uh, so I don't really know him all that well, but I've seen him play. He played against him in Dundalk. Quality player, I think. Anyway. He's a nice player, yeah. yeah. He's a good guy. Um, would you like to be playing in Europe um, to test your wits against clubs like Alkmaar and so forth? Yeah, I think playing in Europe, like I've heard so much great things about it. I think like, it would be a great opportunity for me as well, for being such a young player, to experience that. You know, playing in different countries and different crowds and stuff. I think it would be an amazing opp- opportunity. One of the, I think the first interview I saw Neil doing was uh, trying to decide whether he'd play for France or Ireland. Hamlet, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a few <laughs> other options as well. Yeah, I got, I got uh, Malta as well. They, they actually came to me for their under twenty ones like last year. Right. Yeah, and then Spain how did they, how did they actually uh, approach it? Like, how they, does that actually happen? They approached UCD. Right. First, yeah, asking if I was actually they, some guy sent me text on Facebook. Right. Asking if I had uh, any. Um, You're not Maltese. meant to accept those people. No, no. I, just, <laughs> I didn't even respond to them or anything. Just uh, asking if I had any Maltese ascendants. Right. Because um, my second name's. Would from it Malta. be Would it be very distinctive? Like, and people in Malta yeah. would be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah it's definitely. Like it's a Maltese yeah. name, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my grandfather is from there. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but anyway, so they contacted UCD asking if um, if I like would represent Malta for the Untrained Ones. Right. Yeah. And what was your thought? Did you Did you even? I had not really like because at the moment I was at that time I was with the nineteens with Tom Owen. Oh, okay. okay. And I was yeah. like, ah, oh, like playing for Ireland is, <laughs> yeah. You know, like um, for me it's a bit of a dream. Like so, Malta. Like I don't feel from Malta. Yeah. France would be different. Like you know, I lived in France. I speak French, but like Ireland, obviously. Yeah. How long did you uh, live in France for? So I was born there and lived there for seven years seven before moving. Years. Yeah. My mum's Irish. Yeah. Uh, so she went back home to find work or whatever. Right. Yeah. And what part of France? Paris. Paris. Yeah, yeah. So did you go and watch football when you were younger? Like, were you Yeah, I've I have a few memories in Parc des Princes. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm not even going to try. Garen's <laughs> <laughs> from Kilcock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the f- French stadium. <laughs> so really, do you remember? Yeah, I do. I remember. I've been to one game. I think with my my uncle, and my dad. Um, but that was like a long time ago. Right, um, but it's always a good atmosphere there anyway. Football is huge, like a religion in Paris. Yeah, yeah. 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 So when France were going well in the World Cup last summer, are you sort of thinking, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them win this. So you yeah, no, I was definitely up for them for winning the World Cup. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like definitely, my dad was got the jersey and everything, going to the Irish pub and proper supporting them. Like <laughs> the, the works. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you'd you'd prefer not to be with us this week. You'd prefer to be off in Toulon. And I mean, it's just it's a cruel game. Sometimes you picked up the injury at the wrong time. The lads have done reasonably well. I mean, I, I spoke to you about downstairs, but have, have you been following it or trying not to? You know, obviously Liam Scales and Cairns are there. Like, do you want to know what's going on or do you want to just, I don't know, just just block it all out that you're missing it? Like, I've, uh, I've actually de- deleted my Twitter and my Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah, because I always see the lads pulling up stories and the FBI tweeting and I was like, don't want to hear any of it because, like, I get a bit, like, sad mm. seeing all that. But I do, I actually have watched the Bahrain game. It's the only game I was able to watch. And then I do speak to Scalesy and Kernsey as well, asking how they're getting on and stuff. Mm. Yeah. But like they seem to be doing well in fairness to them, like I think they topped their group. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean they they've like, done they've done well. Very you know? well. Like they're I watch Brazil tomorrow. Yeah, Brazil, yeah. Mexico sold them a kipper there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but you could I mean the first goal they scored was set up by a left winger that probably wouldn't have been playing if you had been fit. And you're take you're taking it very well by all accounts. Uh like you kinda have to um, take it with a pinch of salt, like you know, like I got injured at the wrong time, and that's football. Like, um, and it just like I just want to come back stronger. 
for when the qualifiers come that like those are the games that matters the most. Like I know two on tournament is highly regarded, but then at the end of the day, most important is the qualifiers. So I just want to be right for that. Um, Kieran, your old manager is obviously Stephen Kenny's gone is now managing that twenty one side and he's he's on to bigger things after that. How do you feel? How do you think he'll get on? Have, I mean, are you following him with a bit more interest because yeah. there is that connection there? I was chatting to Neil downstairs. I'm watching more of it than he is, and I was just more of a fan. I also have the station, so that helped. So uh, <laughs> yeah. no, listen, it was. Um, I'm delighted for Stephen. Like I, I've no doubts that he'll do well at that job, and and obviously the senior job when he gets it. Um, I think he's going to get the best out of these young lads, and I actually think the whole situation with him moving on to be the senior manager afterwards will benefit him and ha- him, him and that 21 squad mm. because they'll all be thinking, as well as Neil will be, that impress him in whatever 18 months' time. I'll have a chance maybe at the senior squad, and and Stephen Kenny is very loyal and he trusts these players. So, I mean, um, great opportunity for 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 all those lads in that squad. Um, I'd love Stephen to do well. I think they're up against it tomorrow against Brazil. I know. I think that's another 22 squad he's up against yeah. tomorrow for Brazil. So probably stacked against him in that one. But, uh, you know, what an occasion he set up there for us. And, you know, even back home and in the soccer circles, people are talking about it and people are getting excited about it. And I'll be tuning in tomorrow as well. So um, I've watched I watched him play, I think it was China, Bahrain, and I watched the Mexico game. It wasn't a great game. The mm. Mexico game was... It was hard to it was hard to watch as the match was last night at times in the yeah, senior team. It was just is it a funny because it goes to show no matter what your ethos might be or whatever yeah. it can just happen. Yeah, just, the, there's those nights and that's listen. It was about getting the result. We got it and the same kind of thing applies last night. We probably wasn't the most prettiest of games mm. and we got a result there too. So, um, listen, uh, job done I suppose from 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 both camps this week and um, listen I'm excited to watch um, that match tomorrow as I said because it um it really could be a good opportunity to get into a into a final so, I mean, you mentioned Stephen's relationship with, with you know, he can be loyal to players and like he is a sort of a quite distinctive character you know he's not maybe cut from the typical prototype of like the football man that you might encounter in England so yeah. you think it's a good thing to, for players to get to know him over that time because he you know yeah, what I mean? Like it's not necessarily that first impression yeah, guy. He's a bit uh, more than that. He's very unique, you know, yeah. in his in his mannerisms, in his nature, the way he is, the way he motivates him. He's less ruthless. It, it, don't get me wrong, he's still ruthless in other ways. He will make decisions and tough ones. But like as you said, maybe the stereotypical man, manager in England is a very hard, cold, ruthless man. Stephen doesn't have that nature. He is a more reserved and um relaxed individual and you know doesn't take anything away from his ambition or his his quality as a manager. It's just his his way of it doing. It needs things. time. Is that it? To a degree, like, yeah, yeah. Listen, I know most people. Maybe the first time you have a chat with him, it's it's you're probably going. You know, it's it's maybe difficult to warm to him. But like after a while, you just you, you buy into him. And there's a lot of people in life that you'll meet that are like that. And it's not a negative trait of his at all. It's it's a positive trait. You know, mm. he's just a a genuine nice man and he can do you know he gets the best out of the players he has and he always has done that uh, throughout his career and I don't see him doing any differently now in the Ireland set for the next couple of years I mean Neil from your perspective like Stephen was speaking about you from, from day one I mean it probably helps to cause him a few problems in the cup last year but I mean just the, the old management team but Stephen in particular like how have you enjoyed working with them from I, yeah so I've been yeah so I've been with Stephen now because um, there's he did the home base yeah. um, camp that was the first time uh, I got to meet him, got to be with a squad. Like, I think uh, what's great about Steven is that he puts confidence in players. You know, like he has belief and he encourages players to push themselves. Mm. Um, so like the fact that he's kind of backing players from League of Ireland also proves that like he has belief in what's coming from Ireland. Yeah, which is great to see. And um, and just even in the way he wants us to play, 
like for me being an attacking player I just want to work with Steven like mm. the fact that he he wants players to play attacking football play with width and wingers like is great to see and so I've enjoyed every minute of training with Steven like mm. uh, the training itself is very intense um, gets the most out of players like just overall it's a great it's a great uh, place to be when uh, in a training camp with Steven and matches and stuff yeah how much is he hands on in training then um, I, I guess at the start uh, we kind of um, uh, the other coaches Andrew and, and Jim will take um, sort of the the training session but then once we kind of move into games or small side of games Steven will come in uh, mm. But he always, as I say, like he'll always kind of come in sometimes in training and give mm. him his uh, give a give something to say. Yeah, I, I yeah. Was, it's funny just kind of getting a bit of um, I was just getting some word from the camp maybe how things were going and the attitude against Brazil is they're not going to sit back, which I find is just so endearing. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's like no fear. Yeah, yeah, like that's the way he wants to play though. Like he's not going to change his um his ideas just because it's Brazil, like you know. Which is why I think he's great. Like, mm. yeah. Um, in terms of uh, your season so far at UCD, um, it's it's just derailed a fair bit after, and and this is before you know players are obviously maybe expected to leave as well. But before any of that's happened, your form has kind of tailed off a bit. Yeah, I think because um, we're a part-time team, I think that's retaking really its toll. Like the League of Ireland, like has been throwing us games Friday, Mondays, Friday, Mondays, and that's like. It's kind of killed us in a way mm. that like we haven't had time to prepare for the next game, like analyze our previous game and then prepare for the next game because it's so quick successions. So that we're nearly kind of bouncing off a loss and then a loss and then it drags on. Uh, we haven't had time to you know to sit to sit together and be like, all right, you know what can we do next? So that I think the League of Ireland hasn't helped us in that sense. Um, but then like I, I don't really know as well. Like it's kind of tough. Like League of Ireland is, it's a tough tough league coming from the first division like it's really a big step up like how have you found the premier division um i found it uh well it's exciting definitely is one but it's definitely uh, the tempo is just much bigger like actually our first game against Derry was when i was realized as a wow this is different like you know we we lost 3-0 but like we weren't even there like just the tempo was just much greater the speed of passing and everything together like um so it is, it is a big step up from first division. Kieran, how has the officer been for you then? Yeah, you'd notice that I kind of had a transition period in America as well, in between Premier to that, then back to the first division. But um, yeah, listen, I, I love the first division. Again, we were just chatting downstairs, and I kind of like the first division. Probably suiting me now. I'm thirty thirty one. It's it's one game a week. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, at most, I haven't we haven't really come across a midweek mm. uh, fixture yet. Um, I'm loving it. It's suiting my life. We're we're going well now again, and you know we're we're top of that division, and um, we're hoping to kick on. And you know the dressing room is buzzing at the minute, and and I'm just happy to be part of it. It was a, uh, it was exactly what I wanted it to be, and 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 I'm just you know delighted to be back playing football. I, I do know what Neil's on about with regards that. Premier Division, um, you know, it's ve it's very demanding. It, there's a lot, and especially even when you go up again to the to the higher ranked teams like to say Dundalk and Cork, and they're firing on all the cups and they're firing in the league cups. And Europe comes around, then it's. I do remember I think it was the 2016 season under Stephen Kenny where we were coming home from Russia to play a cup final. But previous to that, we'd come home and we we played UCD on the bowl uh, three days before we played in Alkmaar. So like you don't have time to prepare. You're nearly preparing on the plane and stuff like that. And 
that's something he's probably going to face even further down the line again, that there's another level to go up again in that Premier Division. I know I was in UCD and in the Premier Division and we were part-time down the bottom and it was still, you know, two days a week in a match and maybe recover on a Saturday, but there's another big step up again. Like what Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, Cork and them are doing probably at the minute is is another rung of the ladder. So, um, yeah, that division can be very demanding. And, and for me right now at Shelburne, I'm I'm quite happy where I'm at. We're hoping to get back into that level again next year. And, um, you know, that, that'll all have to be prepared for. But um, at this moment in time, first division life is perfect for me and we're going well. I'm very happy with, uh, with you know, where I'm at at the minute and, and where the club are going. You just you mentioned there when you came back from the America, this is you had other factors and I know you've spoken about this before but you're looking at things outside of football as well right just yeah. explain where you're at at the moment or what you're doing no so look I, I came home and you know if I had a, you know really wanted I could have maybe pushed into getting a Premier Division club there was a couple of clubs talking to me but you know in my life when I came home when I left the first time to go to America I probably thought that was going to be my League of Ireland time I kind of left Dundalk and you know kind of felt like I was leaving on top I didn't mm. want to maybe have to drop down then and there at 28 I, I signed an 18 month deal in America I was probably planning to stay out there loved every minute of it football was great lifestyle was great and then just when I come home you kind of fall back into routines at the end of that contract I didn't really overly you know investigate and look into what else or explore other options out there I was kind of seeing what fell into my lap because it was a bit of a chaotic time in America right I mean, I know yeah. you really enjoyed it but the, the league that you were in effectively oh, collapsed it did yeah the NASL was gone but my club survived do you know what I mean and mm. they were kind of they're still in a transition period of where they're going to go next will they go to the USL which is the, obviously was the competition so the clubs were, what's, the, what's that club doing in Jacksonville right? yeah what's so they literally for the year 2018 while I was out there which was the second year the, the, the mm. second part of my contract they literally played in an MPSL league which was effectively what all the other teams did who were left over from the NASL when it folded right. it was more of a I think it was a four month league and it just kind of played it out we got to the final of it lost 3-1 to Miami and um, that was Richie Ryan's old yeah. team and all that so then a lot of players were jumping ships to to the USL but I had my daughter and my fiance with me and I wasn't going to just go anywhere for a game of football I moved to Florida for A the lifestyle B the club and C everything else I brought with mm. it you know what I mean the, the financial contract everything was set up for me in Florida I would have stayed there long term had they survived but it wasn't to be the case and they're operating now on an amateur level this season and maybe again next year they'll come back but right. um, I wasn't going to be willing to sit around over there or you know I wasn't willing to you know you know, I was there because I got a good contract. Yeah, you weren't there to play as an amateur, to be yeah, honest. I was, yeah, I no, was. Yeah. So I was, my time was up there and I didn't really look around elsewhere. Like, I couldn't bring my family, say, to just any bar state and somewhere. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I just literally wanted to go to, you know, I was looking for a package thing mm. for, for all of us. So um, didn't really materialise, came home. Um, I have, I'm doing teaching in my old school now as well. So they're finished up now for the summer. So everything kind of fell into place and Shelburne, as I said, just ticked the boxes for me then and there. So it's, listen, I still care massively about my football. I'm v still very passionate about it. And, um, you know, I have big plans for this season and next to get back in. Mm. Like I signed a two-year deal at Shelburne. So I'm I'm looking to get into that Premier desperately because of what it means for the club and me personally. So, um. As I said, that that's kind of where I was at, and um, no regrets so far, anyway. Yeah, yeah, but is is it a different pace of life when you're not full time? Is it slightly oh, yeah. different? Yeah, massively. Yeah, listen, you used to when I was at Dundalk and we were at the height of it, and even at Rovers, you woke up and your whole day circled around football. Do you know, from your training to your to your diet to your rest, your preparation. You know, you were you were a full time footballer, but now you know you've life kind of gets in the way when you're part-time and you've you've got family commitments and you've work and you've other things that are important factors like mm. i missed the game in bray because i came down with a 
with uh, some kind of virus there over the weekend and I was probably trying as a result of doing too much maybe in the weeks coming up to it and then the school ended and I uh, and I got sick so yeah. like it's just it's more real life related you know yeah. um but that probably won't be the case if if we can manage to get into the premier division um I imagine that I can see Shelburne trying to you know up the ante a bit and and, and competing because I think someone said to me recently, I think nine of the seven of the last nine years they've been in the first division, Shelburne. Yeah. So they've been up and down. So it'll probably be more of a first division club of late. So if they go up again, I hope the plan will be to stay up and, you know, make a few plays to, you know, push on and, and maybe do an extra week's training and stuff like that. Extra, sorry, days training in the week so that you can actually compete with these guys. Because as Neil said, when you're up there, the intensity you're playing against every week is, is relentless. And these lads, there is a difference between lads who are training full time and lads who aren't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Neil, I, we're not, not going to put you on the spot because I know there's obviously been speculation around your position. But just thinking, we had Gary O'Neill in here before, and just speaking broader in terms of the long term, I'm guessing like the idea of full-time football is something that appeals to you because you, you mentioned being part-time there at the moment. But this is the UCD model. Unfortunately, people come in and then longer term they want to go and, and play full-time. Is that something that's on your? That's where you see your long-term future. Yeah, definitely. I think like. Like I want to play full time. I want to progress. Um, I feel I'm ready to progress as well. Uh, it's just as you said, like UCD, that's the way they are, and that's the the way the kind of um that's the setup over there. Mm. Um, like it's really good. Like don't get me wrong. It's just that when you're playing first uh, Premier Division, it's just a massive step. Like uh, going from part time and then playing the Premier Division where you've got week games and then two weeks of games, and, or two games a week, and then you only have one training in between. Yeah. Like it's tough, like, um, and I, I think I can progress, play full time, um, but then, uh, you know, it's different. Uh, UCS have got a degree to do. Um, what are you studying actually? Studying biomedical science. Um, like I, I enjoy it loads. Like I, I. I actually you quite like so get on, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a bit of a high achiever. Kirk Love's just nodding his head and agreeing with this. Like, yeah, what did you get in your points to leave in? Uh, 600. So that's him and Benson straight yeah, away are off to yeah. a good start. Ryan Manning did really well as well, didn't he? I did think, he? Yeah, Ryan Manning is yeah, he's what QPR now, isn't he? But Galway, I think he did well. But yeah, I mean, it's not like in, in terms of the UCD dressing room, are, are, like, what's the spread? Are lads doing all different courses? But there's no one else doing biomedical science, no, right? I'd actually, I'd actually be the only one doing any sort, like anything sort of science related. Yeah, this is few physios. Yeah. Um, without being an idiot, like what could that bring you down the road in terms of the job <laughs> if football didn't work out? Without being, it's an important clarification. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the the course itself is very broad. Like, so I've got like I can take any sort of direction I want. I can go into medicine if I wanted to. Or I can go into research, or I can go into computer science. Like it's actually a huge, like those different directions. I guess the next step is the masters, and then that would kind of focus more on what I want to do. But I haven't really thought about that yet. Well, yeah. what's your football potential? Because obviously you've been spoken about an awful lot. What's your best position? Um, and obviously you've you have the physicality that maybe marks you out as a bit different for an attacking winger type player as well. Um. Well, in terms of position. I've I've played. I started off as a left back, funny enough. And um, who was that for? Uh, Joey's. Oh, okay. Yeah, Joey's. And but then I kind of like started growing and getting stronger, and then they kind of moved me up on the wing. I played in the ten as well. I remember with the Irish schools, I played in the in the ten. Mm. Um, and I actually quite enjoyed that position. Um, but winger, yeah, mostly. But left like or right. Is it worry then the wingers are kind of they're not what they were in the game that a lot yeah. of teams just don't have them. 
Yeah, like I, I know a lot of teams are now playing with like their fullbacks keeping the width and then the wingers kind of coming inside and stuff like, um, like that's fine by me if I'm coached in that sort of way. But if I'm coached as a winger, as a now now winger, then that's where I'll play. But I feel that like I can I can play in whatever position, just that if I'm given the right instructions. Mm. You know, because yeah. I know and Collie O'Neill spoke about it before. That I think you had an opportunity to go to QPR. I think it was last year. At that point, what was your thinking? Because you, you've had injuries to explain. People might be aware. Like you had injuries when you when you were sort of at your yeah. 16, 17, which is a key age maybe for a lot of people. Yeah. And you you were held back a bit at that time. Yeah, I was I was actually really unlucky. Like I um, I I think I was eighteen, starting off like first game of under nineteens, broke my collarbone. Right. Um, that was. That was bad tackle. Took me maybe two, two, three months to get back, and then eight months later, I broke it again. Um, and that was with Tom Moan actually. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was a worse break though. That was like had to get surgery and stuff on it. It was the collarbone again. It's a good jockey's injury almost. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's the exact same spot as well. <laughs> yeah. It just obviously it was weak from the last break. Very weird injury to to be honest. The consultant never seen anything like it. Right. Uh, but now got the plates in screws and it's fine like um so yeah so that kind of held me back but uh qpr had a look at me for a while like so when they um they asked me to go on trials but i was that was during my season didn't really want to so I waited for the season break to go over yeah and I, I did decent there and then they kind of offered me a contract and stuff but it's coming into college and i know like i've kind of come from a family where education was my number one I was one. just going to say what do your family make of it if yeah. you've got 600 points there's probably people there thinking yeah like it's, it's tough like because uh, my family's always put ed- education first um, now obviously now football's really big in my family like it's always has been but more so now I guess yeah because uh, of the internationals and stuff um, but I also thought the under 23s aspect I wasn't a big fan of just um, I felt like it was sort of fake like I didn't think like I would learn huge amount of it from it that's like, like the, the other 23 football in yeah, yeah yeah like if I was going to QPR there's a high chance I'd be playing 23s and what probably would have ended up happening is I'd go out on loan to another team but mm. then why can I not just stay here in Ireland get my senior experience here and get my degree here That's that was my thinking through it um, yeah. hopefully he's painting a picture of the future there Kieran for a lot of players yeah massively um I think that whole structure had to change eventually. Anyway, there was too many people going over and coming back and hating life over there anyway. So, um, as I said earlier, with with maybe Stephen Kenny coming into the Ireland run, people mightn't be so desperate to get on that magic plane that they always mag- had to get to get onto yeah. that Ireland team. And I think, as he said earlier, the dream probably would be, as a footballer starting off, is probably to play for Ireland. You know, And um, if you can do that here, at least keep yourself your options open while studying here I think that's the best thing you can do as I said playing in Europe all these things help and keep you in the shop window for down the line if he just wants to finish his, his one year that he's left in college um, I'd say you probably have to do it that way Yeah, you play yeah. at the highest standard you can in the country finish your degree and then he'll only be 21 then by the time he graduates and yeah, you can go then just talking about say the under 23s <coughs> as well if you're shipped out on loan you're probably straight away under pressure to form for a team that might be struggling at a lower level and like your career can kind of basically yeah. can your career can go mm. completely the wrong way I would imagine and it's happened to so many mm. do you know what I mean like there's and the league is littered with players who've gone over and it's not that they failed it's just that they got lost in the you know 
you see, that's the biggest league in the world across there, and they're scouting from every country in the world, and there's players coming in, and we're only one of many going over there, and so few make it or, or have any kind of, you know, make any imprint over there because it's so hard. And what we're trying to do, what I'm hoping that we're trying to do now as a country moving forward in, in terms of in terms of soccer and football is that we we can offer players something to stay here for. And the, you said earlier, that whole European thing, I'm always coming back to it because I know that's where when we were playing in it that's you actually felt well, what I would imagine would like be a proper player proper play you were yeah. going to pro- proper stadiums against proper teams you're playing against the top players we, you know you were like the lads in that Dundalk that time were playing against Axel Witzel and Zenit and it was just some of the greatest experience and I don't you think you were injured around the Legia game were you? Mm-hmm. yeah because that was such a shame because yeah. you just didn't have the players come off the bench no I know I was ready I was feeling good around that time and I just got an injury in training I was unfortunate and I uh I ended up. I played the first leg. I actually, had a good chance at home, and I was looking forward to the second leg. And the way it that stadium that night. Paddy Barrett take you out and train him. Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, that's, yeah. We won't go down that one. Yet. I'm not retired yet. Uh, I know they had all those. Paddy ended up in the states as well, of course. <laughs> yeah, the two of us were were shipped out. <laughs> Tasmania type. Yeah. No, no, it was just. A, thing in training and I ended up picking up a bit of a niggle they kept me out about two weeks but I missed that fixture two weeks yeah. yeah it was a wrong time to pick up a, an injury like that And um, do you remember that game Neil yeah no. so the dock were um, basically they needed one goal they in. didn't have the channel either like you know <laughs> 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 they needed you would have been what 16 maybe at the time they needed one goal in Warsaw and uh, they like, you were down to 10 men but they just didn't really have anyone to co- they had 20 minutes I think but Michael O'Connor came off he was like mm, Michael very was young. okay but he was at the time Michael O'Connor mm. was like really inexperienced that was to get to the Champions League proper which is becoming a completely unrealistic kind of aspiration now Um, basically for Irish clubs it's just becoming very very hard but Stephen O'Donnell has made the point as well it might have served you actually better in a way that you were playing the Europa League and playing like the Europa League experience I might be wrong on this but I think someone said if we had have qualified in legend the way it would have worked alphabetically in the seasons I think we would have ended up in a group with Dortmund and Real Madrid someone said around the time it was it was People mm. were saying that's what they anticipated we would have ended up with. So maybe we were better off in the in the way we went. It wouldn't have been bad though. Like you oh, <laughs> listen, we would have had them memories forever. But um, you know, yeah. probably would have had to request a fifty-minute match or something. <laughs> like that. Uh, Just on you, though, Neil. If you ever, if you do end up moving to England, is English football going to suit you? The style over there, presuming you know, I'm not sure what level you might end up at, but um, or would you be better off going somewhere like France? That, that would, that's a very good question as well because I've thought about and that cheers. before. Yeah, <laughs> first time I've ever been praised for a question. No, because it's, uh, it's far true. more sophisticated guest than what we normally have, John, mm. and, and very understanding as well. To be fair, he's interviewing you. <laughs> yeah. It's true though, because everyone, everyone wants to. Uh, everyone's looking the UK. I guess also most scouts that come to Ireland are from the UK, but there's opportunities to go abroad, like to Belgium, like to Holland, where the football over there is is probably like maybe cleaner, like you know. Like the more focus on the football aspect of Jack it. Jack Barnes seems to love his time over there. For yeah, example. yeah. So like, so like, yeah. You're right that they, sh- I would be looking to see if there's other clubs that in other countries. Mm. But then it's just to see if there's interest. You know, there's more interest coming from the UK. That's just the way it's always That's been. That's the way it is. Now, the one thing you and both Liam had was interest from Man City and the under-23 side there and, you know, the chance to even go over and have a look. I mean, what was that like just to see what the setup? Yeah, was like, like that, was, that, that was unreal. Like, um, I've never seen anything like it. Like, really? It was just... The whole setup itself, there's like 17 pitches, like absolute carpets. Like it's just 17 pitches. Yeah, like it's just like it's out of this mad. world. Like it's out of this world, and there's a bridge connecting the the academy to the 
to the um, to the actual stadium Etihad. Mm. Um, Who did you meet over there in terms of personalities, like coaching wise? Um, I actually only stayed with a twenty three setup. I think the first team and, and all them are kind of on the other side of the academy, so I didn't get to see yeah. any of them. Yeah, yeah. The but even like, even just the the, the standard of the yeah, player, the sta- the, like the standards, like everyone's quality, like everyone's technically very very good. Now maybe they lack physicality, or maybe they lack a bit of like willing or s- something like you know. But obviously, on the ball, their quality like. Is that um, part because it's the twenty three? Is that lack of? Yeah, maybe that's it. Like maybe like they uh, they need a bit of senior experience. Like mm. like it'd be interesting to see how they do in League of Ireland. Like if they'd shine or if like they'd actually wouldn't look so good because people are after them. Like you know, it's it's remarkable that you think uh, there's a doubt about how Manchester City under twenty threes would do in the League of Ireland. <laughs> like like <laughs> like uh, it's more so the senior experience. Like they're probably yeah. lacking. Like obviously, I think they're all quality there, but um. Now it'd be interesting to see what how they would do in senior football, I guess. Would but it's true. Football. I mean, like if you if you I uh, say if we would just look through the Man City twenty threes or pick that lead Premier League team from like five six years ago to twenty threes and write down where they all play now. Now of course you're going to have quite a few are going to be probably at the highest end of the game, but some sink completely as well. I mean mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like there's no there's no guarantee that where you are at nineteen is yeah. is has any correlation to where you're going to be at 29. You know, and you, you've probably seen that through different, even carrying the characters you've encountered yeah. along the way and some burn brightly and then they just, they fall and some 100%, thrive yeah. later on. And some of the players who have really torn this league apart and went over there and got lost and then mm. there's fellas over there who have had great careers who try to come back to this league and they struggle. Like yeah. just Like McElhinney and Jack Byrne at Oldham, would either of them be deemed like a real success? Certainly not McElhinney at Oldham. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of well, like the Jack Burns situation was different because he yeah. was a big player for them. But yeah, there was other, of, we, you've spoken about it a bit. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, but it's it's strange because just like they should be ripping it up. I would have thought at that level. Yeah, but look, that level is probably <laughs> our level. Uh, we see every week because we all support mm. the league, and that that level over there is still very high yeah. and very competitive. And massively so, they've yeah. got massive, you know, um, investment behind these clubs are huge, and they're they're taking a risk. Like to be honest. Patrick McElhenney is one of the most naturally gifted players to play in this league in the last decade for sure. Like he's so talented in that. But like it, you know, there's a whole, as I said earlier, even there's a whole package he needs. He he, he was flourishing under Stephen Kenny and Dundalk. Just on ha- that, actually, right? So I've, I had myself and Dan were having a debate on the radio about Saturday about the transition because I could see McElhenney being brought into the, the Ireland squad, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how feasible is something like that happening where Kenny would say, "Looking at that midfield last night as well, there's no guile in it at all." Yeah, like, but like I, I could have, like I'd have. For me personally, like I, I'd speak so highly of Daryl Horgan, someone like that, a bit of creativity, and, and he's and a bit unlucky at the moment as well. Yeah, isn't something he? very different. And then, I mean, I remember when Richie Tell was in the league, he was scoring so many goals at, at will. Like, and then you look at Ireland at this particular time. But I'm only saying what I know because I've seen it. Like, yeah. there's obviously the, when you're a manager of that team and you're Mick McCarthy, you're looking at a bigger picture here. He's mm. seeing he's so many players to to look at and so many options. And obviously, I'm biased in the ones I want. I want to see Patrick McElhenney play, and I want to see Daryl Horgan and Richie and all these fellas that I know deserve it and worked hard and are talented. But there is a bigger picture. And in fairness, I think in general, you know, I was delighted to see Sean McGuire get on last night. I was hoping he'd actually score. I was, you know, he he could have done with it because I don't think the game out there really suited anyone for a game of football Absolutely. out in Gibraltar. But but we but, but really can, I say, can, I say, can I say one thing though? I think the Daryl Horgan one's a really interesting case because, like, obviously in 2016, Daryl Horgan was was flying, yeah. and I remember speaking to some people in England around the time, and I, I heard that like one manager in England had said, 
you know, he's a good player, but wingers like him are like ten a penny in England. Like that's almost the 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 attitude. Neil, I love hearing. No, this no, no, but like no, but I'm just saying that like, there was this attitude there that there's loads of wingers. It's such a like just you talk about the the level of League One and like it's it's still really high. Like there's so many good players and there's players coming down from loan. You know, from the from the Man City and that, and particularly in those like attacking positions. So being in Teller the other night, you've like, like, framework but, in the me, sand, and he's like, "You're like." Let me finish. But my point is that like, I mean? it's almost like they're looking for someone to be like really exceptional. Mm. You know, to yeah. really, really fair enough. Wants to get to a particular age. Yeah, well, you I, know, yeah, but just to say in that one, Daryl Hogan in 2016 was the best player on the pitch in Asia at Alkmaar. Mm. He went and ran from the halfway line against Zenit St. Petersburg and scored. He was centre to everything good that happened yeah. that year. So on that year alone, Daryl Horgan was, was the best winger in the country. Like he was, because he was doing things at the highest of, of a level and he was continuously doing it. I watched him a few weeks ago. He scored two against Hearts in the Hibs Hearts mm. derby and it was amazing. Like Daryl is as talented as anyone we have. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not saying he's not getting the opportunities, but he probably just needs to hit a constant bit of form and then he'll he'll get those breaks. But like you're saying there, like if he was he was so good at that time and he probably was he was overlooked at that period. It could have been to do with who was the manager at the time or whatever. There was other players in the position. He, he should have been capped probably around that period. Around yeah. that, you know, he was called in. I remember we were away in uh, was it, we were in Israel yeah. at the time. You, I think it was you were in Russia. We were in Russia. But, at and, the time, and, yeah. the, and the thing was, he was a bit unlucky that that November break there was only Austria away. There was no friendly. I think if there was a friendly, he yeah. probably would have played. There wasn't one. And that but, probably boils down to a bit of luck as well. You know, mm. catching a break when he was on a really hot run of form. Because um, as I said, and there is times like. Richie Tell that year he was breaking records for the position he was playing for goals and even Stevie O'Donnell sometimes like Stevie was there was some couple, couple of times Stevie was injured and he was winning games and at a European level on one leg and you know he's winning FAI Cup finals with and he couldn't move yeah he couldn't but he put <laughs> that showed the quality he had and there was a time there where I think there were certain players who were really really at it at a high level and playing at a high level and they should never be overlooked I, I, I certainly think the case for McElhinney looking at like we've played what four games now we've had we've created very we've created virtually nothing from open play in any game which is quite staggering like we yeah. scored from set pieces last night kind of doesn't really matter we were going to win the game but we scored three goals for that two from set pieces mm. I don't know Neil I think there's comparing it to you know, you're looking at McElhinney and the talent. Like McElhinney was the best player, to my mind, on the pitch against Rosenberg in 2017. He in the was, yeah. So you're just looking at that. I think McElhinney's still trying to get to that a, level again. A, a but level. There's like, a lack of guile know. in the Irish team as I see it at the moment in terms of number tens. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, it's a good point. Actually, even like, um, like I actually would even see someone like Duffy coming into the team. Like I think he'd give an extra bit of dynamic to the to the way they play. Like sometimes I feel like even yesterday they played a bit safe. You know, there's a there's a lack of, you know, going forward, like, you know, build creativity, like trying things that um like they that should be tried in the right areas. And I think a number ten would help in that sort of sense. I think when Sean McGuire came on, he actually gave a bit of that, mm. in my opinion. Like so yeah. um hopefully he can keep, you know, maybe again another chance in in that role, like, but was it Joey and Doe a few weeks ago said that Keith Ward should be looked at? Was that yeah, he loves yeah, Keith Ward, yeah, the best player in the league, yeah. yeah and uh, we have a lot of good number 10s you know, in the league, but they, when they go to England, it, but, like Graham Burke but, in the stand, but this is, is the, quite but this is the one thing, like, I think sometimes we do obsess, and I'm 
we've assessed a small bit about the levels that players play at and it's rather than you need players of certain attributes in a team yeah. to make a team but that's why McCarthy I'll just say that's why, and it did one thing that did work last Friday it's why he really likes Alan Judge he seems to think that Alan yeah. Judge gives them something and if you watch back the, the period Judge was on the pitch and it was funny it was, it was a bit like Wes a couple of years back it was little things like coming for short throws to Coleman give me the ball getting things going so okay Alan Judge is going to play in League 1 next year you could have a Premier League player who doesn't offer that service but they're able to play at Premier League level because yeah. that's the way their their team their team operates yeah. it's, all, it's all a cog in a system Do you yeah. know I mean? like he he knows what he wants and that's what Stephen Kenny had from that Dundalk like he, probably people who say why don't you sign this guy at, he's flying at some other club but he might look at his system and go well I, I have what I want in those positions and like the thing about why I mentioned Joey and Doe was people are probably laughing at the idea Key Ward you know playing for Ireland where'd that come from but like, it's not that the reason he's thinking it is because Ireland lack a bit of creativity in that position. And Keith Ward is a very creative, lively, like sparking player in that in those in between the lines there. And it's because you look and you've all said it as well, we, we don't have any creative number ten. And since probably Wes Hoolahan moved on, that's something a little bit of magic has gone in that position. And you know, listen, I'm sure Mick McCarthy and, and Stephen Kenny are, are well aware of this. They're, that's you know, this is their bread and butter. They they know this, but like we're just as as fans and supporters looking on, going, well, what? Who's creating it? Any in this country? And, yeah. and they, that's why you're getting McElhenney and Ward and all these yeah. like Michael Duffy. They're all great candidates because they all are lively, creative players. Well, yeah. like I'm sure, I'm sure. I think Horgan will have a good chance again. Yeah. When when Kenny but goes the, in, the European draws are coming up. Like, how important is Europe this year? Do you think? Because I think from last year's perspective, I thought the League of Ireland teams collectively let themselves down a bit um, and it's one of my, it's definitely one of my favourite sporting times of the year when the League of Ireland clubs get into Europe because you can see where they're at and you can see where they can kind of pitch themselves against technically good teams Yeah, listen, this is huge it's a huge one for them Doc, this year they're seeded for the first round and hopefully they get a draw where they'll be you know, hot favourites to progress and then you get into that situation where you have a shootout that if you win the game you're guaranteed Europa League which is as we said, hasn't been done that many times. Are Dundalk guaranteed four matches this year? The guarantee, yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's changed a small bit now. That even if they lost their first round, mm. they they go into the Europa League, and it's a bit like when you lost to Rosenberg two years ago. You were were you still at Dundalk at that point? Or, yeah, yeah, was, you were still yeah. there. I mean, you were done. Like that was yeah, your that European was it, year gone, over. Yeah. Whereas now they get a parachute into the Europa League, no matter what. But the big thing for Dundalk would be if they can get through one round. Then they go into the unless they lost in the second round, they go into the next round of the Europa League as a seeded team, and then potentially. So, it, like you, you actually, the, the, there's one more game now involved in getting to the Europa League group stages. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the only way to do it, and the only way it has been done, is being being champions, getting the first round of the Champions League through to the next round, and then you're in a position. Yeah. We did it at Rovers. We got Flora Talon. And then we went in to play. Who did we play next? We got beaten by Copenhagen. That's right. But the then we went back yeah. in. You get the other chance of partisan. So you got two cracks of the whip to get Europa League. At Dundalk, we bet FH from Iceland. Iceland yeah. Went in. And then for the first time ever, we, we won the second round of a Champions League qualifier. Mm. And that's what got us the Legia game. So that Legia game was a free crack. And like you said, about the Rosenberg game, I hit the crossbar an extra time that night. Yeah. And if we had went in, we would have been playing Celtic in the Aviva in a Champions League qualifier yeah. would have been two away games but like it would have been a it would have been a difficult one but like it was we were that close to setting up that glamour tie again with the guarantee of falling back into a chance of maybe getting Europe again after that it just would have set up a perfect tie for in a Champions League qualifier second round game yeah. against Celtic in the Aviva yeah. So. yeah you're completely right I mean I think for the teams that are in the Europa League and it's, it's great to be in the Europa League but it's four rounds to get to it I almost say it's like a cash grab it's how, it's how much it's greener you can you can get experiences and stuff but 
I mean, and I think actually Larnaca last year did it. They went through like the four rounds or whatever, but it's it's so like it's it's nearly impossible for an Irish club. And the way seeds are it. working out, as yeah. Well. It's not. But so it's almost a case of get as much money as you can while you're there, and it's completely understandable. You know, get through one or two or three rounds, and if you can, brilliant. But yeah, that Champions route is the only route to the to the big stuff. Oh, you yeah. know, it's the only route. Are you going to take any interest now? You didn't watch in 2016. But yeah, definitely. Now this time I'll be I'll be keeping an eye. Could on be it. playing. Yeah, could Who knows? Be. Were, you, were you a big football? Big man, you're in that. You mentioned you played for Ireland schools. You went to school in St Andrews, right? Yeah, in yeah, Dublin. yeah. Was that what was your sporting endeavours like in in school? Then were you playing other sports, or was, were you being put yeah. under pressure to play other sports? Yeah. Or? Oh, I actually played hockey. Right, uh, hockey for. Uh, we thought Oscar was the poshest lad ever on the show. It's actually been no, Oscar. <laughs> Oscar's just from Sandy for John. Like that's pretty posh <laughs> for this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played hockey for for three years, uh, but then I gave it up because I had to pick a sport. Like, um, were you under pressure to play rugby at all, or was that something nah, from the start? It was like no, nah. no, nah, not no, not in Andrews. There's no. There's no pressure for, for rugby. I think there Not is at all, is there? I don't no. know anything about my Dublin. No, school, there, so. there would be like for Blackrock. Anyway. <laughs> for for Blackrock College, for example, like you you'd have to play rugby, like mm. uh, at least you'd have to try it. Uh, Not in Andrews, like I think you're more encouraged to play a sport in the school, uh, more so than play rugby, like. And what was you know? your hockey level like then? I was decent enough. Like I got a few uh, a few medals, like all Ireland medals, all Ireland medals. Like we're a really good school for hockey. I think. Right. I think we got. Um, four internationals at the moment or that used to be in the Did school Did Malta have a hockey team by any chance <laughs> oh Jesus no. <laughs> you weren't on to you. No, <laughs> I don't know no. Did you enjoy hockey? Yeah yeah I did yeah yeah I, I love watching it now like um, more so than watching like Rovers in Europa League oh uh, no no is there any disciplines that from the get the two sports that cross over like um, you know, like a strong running in hockey and stuff but is there anything that cross over is a completely completely different skill set Um no I think uh, in the way I think the way um I is different. I think the biggest difference is that in hockey there's no offside. Mm. Like it is eleven v eleven, and the pitches are similar sizes, but everyone's man to man. Like there's no kind of like marking spaces. Well, I guess there is, but it's more like in defensive. Like you're always man to man, so it is different. Like, uh, but there would be similar like sort of like plays. You like one twos, like yeah. moving the space, like that sort of thing. But in terms of like the system and tactics, it'd be quite different. Yeah. How important an influence has your dad been on your career? Oh, very. Like, he brings me to every game, watches every game, gives me, always, like, tells me what I could do better. Like, you know, that kind of way, like, he's he's played a major role, I think. Mm. That that's, that interview you did, you were asked for red wine or Guinness. What was your answer again? I actually can't remember. Oh, red wine. Yeah. <laughs> again, Mark's <laughs> slightly different. I, used to, I wasn't used to the of drinking Dutch gold, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> that was, I was red, red wine or Guinness choice. I was, working in a, I was actually working in a wine shop in Blackrock. Oh yeah, so yeah. yeah. So hang on, were you so were you actually giving recommendations to people yeah, that were coming in? Did I, yeah. you have to actually go through the whole? I, had to, um, I did a course for a week on um, on wines, like so. Actually, I know a fair bit about like. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's the first time I've ever asked a League of Ireland player what their favorite sort of like. What would your wine recommendations be then? Yeah, you know? like. Um, Ah, like genuinely no. Oh, genuinely. <laughs> Johnny genuinely. Johnny's after, he's going out with someone from Rat Gar now, so we need to know some of this good information a bit more. <laughs> good off you, Rat Gar. <laughs> <laughs> I go for somewhere in Spain, in my opinion, but it's um, it's very subjective. Like, a lot of people yeah. like different stuff. So, like, but personally, I'd be going for something from Spain. Like, Let's get back to series. <laughs> you also have a Spanish family as well, too. Yeah, I do, yeah. You yeah. play for them as well. Yeah. And you can drink um, the wine. It's, it's, it's how all far can you go in this career, like, and what's your future hold for you? Um, I guess... Right now, I'm concentrating getting my degree done, but then once that's done, I guess I'm free to free to options like. 
the degree is to the to the summer. Yeah, yeah. summer next. Yeah, next summer. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to try progress to the level I can get to, like try reach as high as possible. Like I guess you're keen to stay in Ireland, I suppose, for the next year. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, degree. I'll be staying in Ireland for next year, but then I'd like to progress on mm. uh, somewhere abroad. Mm. Um, somewhere abroad that's a nice way of putting it yeah like, yeah somewhere abroad like yeah. um, o- over the waters it shouldn't always be shouldn't always be Britain for no, from Ireland no um, yeah. I, I are, are, you, are you sort of looking to offer him advice as an agent <laughs> here John to be no, fair but, like it's, 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 it's encouraging to see more players like the odd player now being loaned out to clubs in like Slovakia and but it, it, yeah and but it's funny I, you, just, you just mentioned that you played in uh, in against Copenhagen in 2011 I was just thinking like Ender Stevens and like yeah. you played and uh, the journey he's been on it's, like, it, it's sort of that, that is that just I remember watching Ender Stevens play for Pats against Steyr Bucharest when he was there and he got absolutely murdered that night he just got absolutely and if you'd said then you'd, you'd that, write him off wouldn't you if you'd said at that if you said then at that stage that guy will be like a Premier League fullback in Ireland first choice within like what 10 years or something you'd be like well, I mean, you've obviously seen the early stage of that yeah, development and listen, how much foot, he's come on. You football's know? so fickle. Like, I was going with my cousin and my some of my family to watch the game against, uh, was it Georgia, the one we won one yeah. And uh, I remember going in and, like, I'm there paying in and Enda's playing and uh, Enda's playing. And, I'm like, <laughs> it was just, like, it, it, it's so, it's not, listen, Enda was so talented and he deserved it all. But, like, he 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 just got the right moves at the right time and he deserves it all because at Shamrock Rovers, you know, he could have been still playing in this league now and, you know, he could have been at back of Pats or at Shamrock Rovers still yeah. as the left back and he probably wouldn't have got any of the plaudits or the credit he deserved and the way he's developed as a player. Now, as I said, he is rightfully and and rightfully so our left back. He is, you know, he's playing great stuff. He's going to play in the Premier League next season and he deserves it all and it just, you know, where he started to where he come, this could be the same for, for Neil now next and he'd be talking about how he was you know, doing a, a week's wine course and next minute he's playing somewhere else, you know, because of the Premier League. So. Right, the headline. Have you seen much of Neil? Uh, no, I haven't. No, he played against us. Uh, we played them in, it was the League Cup, and then yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he burst through, scored and hobbled off the pitch, <laughs> literally in that sequence. Yeah, um, right. After yeah. about 20 minutes. And, um, yeah. What have you made of him, Dan? He's one of the more unique talents in the league, he's the young Ferrugia. He's sitting here. No, he's a very exciting player to watch. I mean, from speaking to speaking to sort of, you know, current players or ex-players, there's that spark when you get running him with the ball that you've got a chance. But, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put pressure gonna on him. not going to write his epitaph he, here. No, like, he's sitting, he's sitting yeah. in the studio here with us, John. But, I mean, it's obviously an exciting time. You know, and I mean, it just goes to show that it's a really good UCD group. But I'm thinking you were involved with a really talented UCD group yeah. and looking where everyone went. And I think that this group of UCD players now is probably the next batch. You know, so it's, the, it's the generational it's very cycle. Very exciting. And there's so many of them as well. There's Liam Scales, there's, there's Neil. There's so many of them there. Just now. remind people of your UCD group, just for people. Well, there, was, there was me, Greg Bulger, Ronan Finn, Dave McMillan, Andy Boyle, um, Keith Ward. Um, there's, I'm forgetting some there as yeah. well. There was a there was a big crew who were still around. Curry around was he? Around Paul Curry yeah. was there as well. There was a lot coming and going. It was it was a great two years I had there. And as I said, I, I ended up playing with a, a lot of those guys for years to come. Then at Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. did you sense at the time because this would have been the first group of players you'd been expo- exposed to it, sort of an elite sort of group yeah. did you think this is a good group I, I didn't know I was after playing in the, the division the year previously and got relegated from it with Kildare County yeah. and then UCD had come got relegated from the Premier so it was a fresh start there and I didn't know any of the players to be honest when I signed I didn't know you know it wasn't like I went in there like everyone was the same age as me or younger I, you know I was only 20 21 at the time and we just got a really good group and we won that first division kind of 
when we shouldn't have, it was a, we were we weren't favourites or anything. Yeah. There was a good Shelburne, Waterford. There was a lot of Sporting Fingal were in it. You know, we weren't expected, and we just had a really good crop, and 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 we went on, and yeah, then everyone went on to do great things, kind of further down the line with other clubs. And I think at this moment of time, we played against UCD in pre season, and there's a lot there as well. It kind of, it is it reminds me of it. They play the right way. They have their they're enthusiastic, and they're they're all very very talented players. So um, yeah, it's a definitely exciting group there they've got. Few, just a couple other questions for you. Who do you like in the UCD team to progress as well? Obviously, Scales went over to Man City, would you? Yeah, Scales and Kernsey. Mm. I think um, I think Kernsey's quality keeper. Like I've because I played with him in the nineteens, and so I've seen him progress. And he's just like up and up and up. Like he I is think progressing. Yeah, very much so. Like so, um, so Scalzi as well. Like there's a few other players that I think are quality as well. I think Yo-Yo up front. A top goal scorer. I think Gary as well is really good. Like I think mm. he's quality on the ball. Like so, there is loads of players there. Um, what about Collie O'Neill? His role for you? Yeah, Collie O'Neill has been like great. Like he's, I guess he's kind of been the one that's put his confidence in me, allowed me to play. You know, that's the UCD way though. In the way, like they, they want you to play. They don't, they encourage um, playing with the ball and like they don't mind errors. They don't mind mistakes just because they know we're just young players trying to develop. So that's why I think the UCD itself is is a great place for young players to progress in. But Collie has had a major role in that yeah. as well. Can you improve in the air? In the air? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's very specific question. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, who's the hardest lad you've marked this season? <laughs> Sorry, who's the toughest guy you've marked this season? Um, they're marking him to be clear John mm. they're actually marking him your GA uh, background there you have everyone marking each other they're, uh, they're marking him hockey background I yeah. think uh, <laughs> I think the two fullbacks are uh, Dundalk Gannon and, and Massey are quality I think mm. they've been the hardest I'd say yeah um, we'll this get weekend, get this weekend's to, yeah. games. Another abridged fixture list, then. Yeah, well, <coughs> Bowes Rovers is the highlight this week. You would have to say, um, you know, we've got we've got Pat's Finn Harps as well, and Sligo Rovers, Cork. I mean, everyone's played each other so many times. Like, you know, the sense of occasion around each game is diminished. But uh, the Bowes Rovers match, I mean, I didn't. You've obviously been involved, um, Karen, like we know, first division commitment. So you're probably not seeing a huge amount of no. Premier Division this year. But I mean, that Bowes Rovers game, you've been involved in it, and. You know, you you probably have a sense of the, of where the title race is going this year. Is this pressure for Rovers? You know the club very well, and for them not to have won this derby for so long, it yeah. must be eating away at them. It is. I actually I say every, it, time every time Rovers fans start chanting, "It's happened again." They must be like, "Oh <laughs> Here we God. go!" Yeah. yeah. No, listen. I every I think for the last four times I've said, "No, Rovers will do it this week and this this time," and it just doesn't seem to be happening for them. Um, I think Bowes are missing a few this week as well. The, the whole back four could yeah, potentially be out. Yeah, there's two suspensions. Yeah. Somewhere and, Leahy's Leahy's away and uh, yeah, so like Pender and Finnerty are suspended. So one position they're not too bad. Like they have a lot of cover. They have Paddy Kirk and they have the other players. They have. Who's on loan? Aaron Barry, you mm. know, so they have players. Out of but, cover, but still, yeah. but yeah. it's still not. It's idea. not their. I think I read it actually this morning. It's just not their back four that have beaten them the last two or three times. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit makeshift in that capacity. So listen, I think um, it's going to be a great game. They always are great. There's, um, you know, you're on about all the other fixtures and have played each other so many times. But there is something about Bowes Rovers where everyone just takes a bit of an interest of in course, it. Of course, yeah. And I'm in the first division, and you know, I, I, I watch them every time they're on the telly, and I'd go to them if I wasn't training. Do you know what I mean? I'm still interested in it. They're a great fixture. I'm gonna go with Rovers. I think they need to win uh, desperately, and I, I think um, 
you know, with, with those couple of injuries and, and stuff like that and suspension. So I'm going to think Rovers will get over the line because if they don't, Dundalk will be kind of looking at, um, you know, really pulling away at this stage. Yeah, I mean, you've got a bit of a foot in both camps in terms of your history. In terms of the overall title race, what's your sense of Yeah, well, I was in going? I was in with Johnny early on the year and I thought Rovers were so far ahead at that time. I, I, I still Sorry, just... just <laughs> can you just keep saying that to get me out of a hole here because everyone is just giving it's all me 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 with Rovers you thought Rovers were going to win the league as well no I didn't oh, that's oh. What, you didn't even let me finish oh <laughs> welcome to the pod no one ever he never lets no, anyone finish I, I remember saying that uh, I remember saying that day that I thought Vinny would get the job done Dundalk mm. had a bit of a stuttering start and everyone was going is he the man for the job I said yeah I think Dundalk have a lot of experience there to get them over the line people in the background too who, who've been there and done that uh, it's very hard to see out a league I, I, I know how hard it is at times you know no game's an easy game and Rovers nearly were victims to their own success earlier on they got this big lead and everyone's so, yeah. writing them off Dundalk were always going to be there thereabouts and it wasn't to be the case I think right now uh, I think as I said Rovers will win tomorrow night but I still think Dundalk have too much I think you know they went up and won 3-0 in Finn Harps there during the week which can be a, you know, a sticky game and they just look like the Dundalk of old again where they're just taking off wins and they seem a lot easier than they were at the start of the year to, to be winning these games so I think it's I think it's going to go back to Oriel again You'll almost be able to hear the roars from Tolka. Your big game against Rada. Yeah, it is actually a very important game for us. Um, we we're on a good run ourselves. I think we've won eight from ten now, or nine from eleven, or something like we we're 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 on a good run of form. And like Dundalk, as I said, we we probably started off with a bit of a stuttering start as well. We but we've hit a bit of form now, and uh, we need to we need to keep kicking on now because that league is very competitive. The likes of Draw the Longford ourselves, Cavan Teeley, Limerick. There's a lot of teams there who'll be going put a run together. You never know where it'll take you. So. If we can win on Friday going into the break, it, it puts us in a great position to, to kick off the last round of games. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a bit of recent history between these teams. I mean, Drada right, Chelsea yeah. the playoff last year and Drada have got a bit of a run going. I mean, mm. they look like they probably are going to be rivals of yours Oh yeah, Listen, I I didn't play up in um, up in Drogheda earlier on the year. I was injured and uh, watched the game, and it was a really tight game. And, and Drogheda have a have a lot of quality in their team too. They you know uh, make no qualms about it. They're going to be uh, pushing the whole way till the end of the season, uh, like Longford. And um, it's a really tight league. You know we're we're winning a lot of games one nil and two one, and it, it, there's no one I don't think going to run away with that league. The same as the Premier. Like it's how's Ian Morris been? He's been excellent. He's 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 been great you know it's, it's been hard for him too coming in his first job is a job where you're probably expected to win the division and it it never works out like that you know you see that as I said with Vinny and all, and all managers in, in the league over the last couple of years but I think uh, I think he's been excellent I think as a group we're, we're really kicking on now it's a, it's a great place to be at the minute and um, the atmosphere around the camp and the, and the staff and the players is high is good and the and the the confidence is high at the minute, so um, yeah, he he can he can be happy with how he's done. I imagine so far, but um, you know, we've done nothing yet. You know, you're a couple of bad results away from being, you know, in crisis mode again. We'd rather go top if they beat you. Yeah, but the looks of it, and um, I think there's the, yeah. the, the interesting thing as well. Tim Clancy obviously was close to that kind of Shelburne situation uh, at one stage, and that's an, an added dynamic to it as well. Because Drogheda, in fairness, have punched above their weight in terms of I suppose they've really kicked on. I mean, should yeah. they like last week's results been Bray nil Shells one as Kieran mentioned, Drogheda four two against that. Own. Limerick another win against Galway John yeah, yeah. Galway went ahead again uh, another one goal defeat um, it's it's very hard like 13 points from just, 16 just, games just on a, on a kind of a, a human level if you're doing the match programme every week I just find every week it's harder to get people to contribute just saying interest is just gone oh, yeah, God, I mean, it's, that it's, season's almost it's very very hard like as a Galway United fan to see what Sligo Rovers are doing like a what should be a much smaller club? Um, it's funny you were you mentioned Kildare County there. I was I was at the hurling on Sunday and 
the guy who gave me lifts the hurling, he was like, geez, I love no, I loved um, Buckley Park. And I was like, oh, that's one pitch that's gone. Got the train back and it kind of stopped in Newbridge just by Station, Station Road. Road yeah. You're like, two pitches gone, two clubs gone. I guess at least in Galway we have a club at the moment, but it's it's very depressing. It's, it's funny, like you get to the point where the seasons just get written off and I think it's at the bottom of the Like first. it's early June and you're gone. Yeah. You know, like no, it's, it's early tough. June. And how it's do tough. you how do you keep, you know, getting people to come through to pay money then? It's very, like very hard. It's, it's the kind of stuff that encourages clubs to like start flashing players in July and Absolutely. Stuff. I mean, yeah. That's the stuff that happens, as we know. Um, Cabin, which made Cabin TD two, Cove two. Apparently, the pitch in Cabin TD is in good nick, which goes to show when they stop <laughs> playing rugby, you know, yeah. you know what, you get. what can happen. And uh, Longford injury time win for Longford at home to Wexford, a huge so. win, yeah. And um, Athlone, Cabo, Bray, Longford, Cove, Galway, uh, Shells, Drada, Wexford, Limerick. We should all mention Friday night, yeah. all Friday night. We should mention the big game is live on Air Sports. Um, that is obviously Rovers against Bowes, 8 o'clock Friday. I can't wait for that massive queue of Rovers fans. Um, despite the disappointment of the Derry game, they were queuing for tickets afterwards. Um, disappointing crowd, I thought of that, actually. Sligo, Cork, Pats, Finn Harps. Uh, I think that's about it, Dan, is it? I think it is, yeah. Unless Neil has any more wine recommendations for nah. for Johnny for the weekend or anything now. Just Nothing. Spanish wines, I guess. You get, sp- <laughs> get a sponsor for the show as well. Some obscure <laughs> yeah. like Spanish wine. Will you watch the game? The Ireland-Brazil game? Yeah, I actually have the, the channel this time. Yeah. So um, I go to my mate's house. Oh, yeah. Okay. How do you think so he'll go, Karen? Um, yes, I think we're up against it, but I think Stephen Kenny's capable of making something. What was Stephen Kenny saying in the dressing room? Like, can you imagine what was what, what would his team talk be for a game like Neil this? Neil Farouge is very interesting. <laughs> <answer again. laughs> I guarantee he has them believing they're going to do something. Um, you know, we never played any team in any game that we didn't think we were going to. You know, we were capable of beating. So he has them thinking there's a way to beat them, and he, they're going to be going for it. So they're not going to be. I think when you said there was a quote that they're not going to be playing for. They're going to go and attack them. It it might work and it mightn't work, but I think he's true to his beliefs in in that one. And I think it's going to be a really fascinating game. And I I honestly can't call it. And my heart is saying that they might do something, but my head is saying it's Brazil. (laughs) Last question for you is, does Mick McCarthy look on a bit uneasily if they somehow win this tournament and look amazing? Well, I I don't know. Like, I think it's, I think... I think Mick McCarthy, it's awkward every time he speaks about Stephen Kenny and every time he's asked about Stephen Kenny. And of course, because it's a really unusual situation. And he was desperate to take the Ireland job and obviously was still desperate to take it because other people wouldn't have taken it maybe on the terms that it's it, it's come his way on. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I, 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 I mean, Mick McCarthy, like comes across very well in his dealings but it's all probably human nature that if things aren't going well for you and the, the guy, everyone's asking you about the guy coming up it's a, it's a bit un, unorthodox but I don't know how he's looking at it I mean McCrady's got a great chance of qualifying still Ireland for a major tournament next summer Ten points and it could lead games. him off to a good job in his career that he mightn't have got before the Ireland job and that's the best case scenario and that's what I hope happens I hope Ireland qualify for the Euros I hope Mick McCarthy gets a good job somewhere off the back of it and I hope Stephen Kenny comes in and that's to me is the best case scenario but there's a lot of things that need to go right before uh, before we even start you know seeing that one happen no chance you're switching to France Declan Rice Esquant like that nah, no? no way happy Irish, days uh, <laughs> Irish all the way or Malta <laughs> thanks for coming in lads cheers cheers but there are limits to your life